The blood will never lose its power. Amen. Amen. Was anybody other than me going to church right then? The blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, will never lose its power. I tell you, that takes me to church every time I hear that song. I was listening to it earlier uh, this evening, and, and lo and behold, T.A. queued it up for the Bible study. I tell you, the spirit is moving uh, in this place. God bless you. Good evening. Good evening to each of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Good to see all of you on the line tonight. You know, we want you to share this with your neighbors and your friends, get them online, get them into this study with us. So good to have you on, on with us. Brother Bernard was there. Debbie Littleton, God, God bless you. Good to see you. Mother Sexton, Amen. Always holding it down up at the Cade Courtyard. Rena Nunn, God bless you. Good evening to each of you. Sister Green, God bless you. Good to have you all on on tonight. God is great and greatly to be praised. Sister Brown over in uh, 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 Vicksburg, I believe that is. Amen. Uh, Sister Davenport Lawson over in Alabama. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you all on tonight. That's right. Listen, this is this is K Chapel online around the nation, around the world, uh, coming in from everywhere. Clara Roberts, God bless you. Clara Roberts, Loretta Epps. Amen. God is great and greatly to be praised. Y'all come on in. Come on in the room. Share it with your neighbor. Share it with your friends. Um, let, let's get about let's get about seventy five shares tonight. We usually usually get somewhere around fifty shares on our Bible study. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's uh, let's push that up to seventy five shares tonight. If you have not shared that already, go ahead and share it with your neighbor and your friend. Push that share button. It's real easy. That's all you got to do. Push the share button. Y'all do that. I'm gonna get some water real quick. Hold on, just a second. <coughs> God bless you. God bless you. I'm sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and share that with your friends. Push that share button. Let them know that you're watching. Let's get 75 shares on tonight. It's going up. I see it's going up. God bless you. Watching from work. Amen. God bless you, my 833 friend watching from work. Kayola Williams, God bless you. Good to see you tonight. Y'all keep coming in. Keep coming in. Keep coming in. Listen. Listen, I, I don't know about you. I was saying uh, that that song that uh, T.A. was playing, The Blood Would Never Lose Its Power. Every time I hear that song, I don't know, y'all. I just feel I feel real churchy, but I get into the spirit. Uh, makes me want to have church. <laughs> I tell you, it makes me want to have church. Amen. Amen. I hope you are feeling like having some church. Amen. Because because uh, it's it's time for us to have some church, y'all. Is anybody is anybody feeling like that other than me? It's time to have church. It's time to have some church. Amen. We're going to have some church. Um, listen, while you all are coming in, do me a favor. Um, why don't you be lifting up in prayer? I want you to lift up my family uh, in your prayers. We did have a, a death in our family uh, today, earlier this morning. My aunt uh, in Chicago, Illinois, Aunt Mary uh, passed. Aunt Mary is my father's oldest sister, um, and was the last remaining of the uh, of the uh, siblings. 
and so please keep 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 my family in your prayers. Keep uh, Pastor Emeritus in your prayers. Um, uh, Aunt Mary was uh, well well in her nineties. I don't remember exactly how old uh, Aunt Mary was, but uh, uh, she was the oldest of the of the Buckley siblings. And so uh, keep 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 Pastor uh, Pastor Emeritus in your prayers. Listen. We also we also lost a, a great soul, a great um, a, a great statesman, a great soul, a great member uh, of Cade. Uh, we lost on yesterday, brother Frank Blunson, uh, and so we want you to keep the Blunson family. Uh, uh, Eric, or we call him Chucky. Uh, keep keep him in your prayers, and then of course, uh, grandson Connor and and Barbara. Uh, keep all of them in your prayers. We, um, uh, our families, uh, go way back. Um, all the stories I could tell you <laughs> about uh, uh, Brother Blunson and Horace Buckley. Uh, those those two uh, were were like brothers um, in a, in a serious way. And uh, in in fact, in fact, I say I I could the stories I could tell you. There is a story I will tell you. Um, because it's a story that they commonly told uh, in in many places as well. Um, when my father, you know, my father um, uh, served as 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 um, state representative for about sixteen years, uh, and it was it was it was Brother Blunson, Frank Blunson, um, who actually convinced him to. Uh, to run for office uh, when the lines, the district lines were being redrawn, um, it was discovered. They uh, discovered that that uh, uh, my parents were living in a newly created district. And the story goes that um, uh, Brother Blunson and my dad were meeting and having a discussion and uh, it was Brother Blunton who convinced my dad uh, to run for office. And, and the funny part about the story, uh, as, as my mom and dad tell it, is that um, uh, my mom found out, I think, on the news uh, what was going on because they, those two, and I told you, they're like brothers. Those two, they got together and planned that thing and, and talked to them on that thing and decided on that thing and, and somehow forgot to run it by mama. <laughs> um, uh, thank goodness. She was, she, 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 if she wasn't on board, she got on board, but, uh, but yeah, they, our families go way back. Um, and uh, so we will keep, we will keep the Blunson family in our prayers. Um, you know, and as I think about that, as I think about that story, one of the things that comes to mind oftentimes is as as he encouraged my dad to do something that uh, apparently wasn't on my dad's mind to do, the question comes up in my mind, who are you encouraging? Right? Who, who are you encouraging? Um, who are you speaking things into that that they may not even see in themselves, that they may not even believe in themselves, but yet you see some potential or you see some um, some possibilities. Um, 
that are worth exploring. Who are you speaking into? Who are you encouraging to, to do more than they are doing? Now, don't get me wrong. You can't listen to everybody, right? Everybody doesn't, you, you can't listen to everybody. But, but there's some people who, when they speak into you, you you ought to you ought to you ought to you ought to pay attention to what's being said. And my question simply is: Are you encouraging someone to fulfill the potential that is within them? Are you encouraging someone to take steps that that they possibly would take if someone came along and encouraged them to, and believed in them, and said so? Talk to me, somebody. Who are you encouraging to, to write that book or to be that entrepreneur or to, uh, or, or, or to apply for that job? Who are you encouraging? Um, yeah, who are you encouraging? I, I pray that, I pray that, watch this. I pray that everything that you see needs to be done and could be done is not just about you doing it. I pray that you could see what others could do, the potential that lies within others that begs to be drawn out and that begs for somebody to come along and water it or plant the seed or water it and see what God will do. That's what the Bible says, that we plant seeds, we water, but God gives the increase. What seeds are you planting in people? What, how, what seeds are you watering that great things could come about that don't necessarily involve you doing it, but others reaching their potential? I really could do a Bible study right there, y'all. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, there, there's some word in that right there that everything doesn't have to be about you. That, that every victory doesn't have to have you with your arms raised up. That there's some people who need to be pushed into their destiny. And, and perhaps this doesn't require you being out front getting the glory, but you being behind the scenes, pushing the people who need to be pushed. Amen, somebody. I'm gonna get to my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to what I need to talk about in a minute, but I just thought I'd put that out there. Amen. So who are you encouraging? Who are, who are you encouraging? Go ahead and write type that in the type that in the chat line. Who are you encouraging? Who are you encouraging? Amen. All right. Let's get into the word tonight y'all. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, for this time together. Lord, I pray now that you bless our efforts in the study of your word. We pray God that you give us insight and understanding. We pray oh God that you open our eyes we might see the truth of your word. We pray, oh God, that you open our hearts, that the seed of your word would be planted on good soil, that it would produce a hundredfold in our lives. Grant it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all, let's get into this word. Last week, last week we talked about you know what? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me see. Let me see. Last week, don't put it up yet, Travoris. 
I'm gonna see if anybody was listening to me last week. <laughs> yeah, let's see if anybody was listening. What did we talk about last week? What did we talk about last week? Does anybody know? I'm gonna see the first person who can put it in the timeline. What did we talk about last week? What was the general discussion last week? I'm gonna see. Are y'all listening to me or am I just talking? Am I just talking to myself in here? Let's see. Who's going to come up with it first? Who's going to come up with it first? What did we talk about last week? I'm going to get some water here. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see. There it is. There it is, Sister Green. <laughs> what happened after Easter? There it is. Somebody else got it, Alice Washington, after Easter. Amen. Helen Luster, trauma, yes. The trauma after Easter, yes. Mandy White after Easter. All right, good enough. I feel good. At least, at least I know, at least I know there are a few of us who are listening to me. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. All right. So, yeah, we talked about after Easter. And the yes, the fact that Jesus did not rush. Thank you. I'm going, oh, wow. Look at all this. Thomas, yeah, don't rush people to heal. Thank you, Debbie Littleton. Uh, lamentation, yes. Uh, Jesus doesn't rush back to glory. Alice Washington, absolutely, yes. Thank you. Yeah, y'all got it. Y'all got it. Yeah, that Jesus is, is resurrected, but he recognizes that those who are, um, who are watching and witnessing the resurrection also are still dealing with the trauma um, associated with the crucifixion. So glory, hallelujah for the resurrection, but Lord fix my mind because of what I had to witness in the crucifixion. Amen. And 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 the idea that we were trying to, to get across and you know this is is just because the trauma is over doesn't mean that I'm not still traumatized. Just because the tragedy has ended doesn't mean I'm not still dealing with the trauma. Right? People who 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 have been in war come home and the war is over, right? Um the the battle is over. Yet they still deal with the battle scars, the scars that came with the battle, the emotional trauma, the mental trauma, sometimes the physical trauma, right? And so uh, just because it's a new day, thank God for the resurrection, a new day. Thank God for Easter, a new day. But Lord, heal me of the trauma of the crucifixion. The trauma, watch this, not just of the crucifixion, the trauma of my failure. Peter failed Jesus, said he wouldn't deny him, yet he did it three times. Lord, heal me of the trauma of doing that which I said I never would do. Right? Heal me, heal me of the trauma of such a grand failure made in such a grand way. Amen. So Jesus, yes, Jesus does not rush off um, to heaven. He does not go back to glory in a rush, but he hangs around earth and he meets, we said, 
with, uh, or there's several meetings that he has. Uh, he actually is seen by lots of people, but there are certain meetings, um, encounters uh, that Jesus has. We talked about his encounter uh, first with Mary Magdalene. And that's, that's an interesting encounter by itself um, because remember, he has healed her, uh, casting out, de casting demons out of her. And he meets with her, Mary, who, who assumes that the person she is talking to is the gardener uh, at the tomb. She does not recognize that she is talking to Jesus. Um, but Jesus meets with her and I, and, and, and can I, can I say this? Cause I thought about this last week, uh, after, after we went off, um, because I, I said to you, um, not to rush people in their grief, which is what someone mentioned in the chat line. Uh, yeah. Someone said, let me cry. Right. Um, and, and what came to me was, when Jesus says to Mary, why are you crying? Right? There's that passage where, where Jesus asks the question of her, Mary, why are you crying? And I I didn't want to want you to get confused what I was saying last week about allowing people the space to grieve with what's happening here in this text, because what Jesus is doing here is not rushing her grief, but really trying to reaffirm her faith. He's not, he's not, he's not trying to rush her through her hurt, but rather he's trying to point her to her hope in saying and, and in recognizing, first of all, that he has actually risen. It is the reality. Jesus is trying to uh, not rush the grief, but make sure that she understands that his body is not gone, his body is not stolen, but he is actually alive. Right? That 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 Jesus says, I need you to come into this reality because you think I'm dead or you think my body has been stolen or you think it's been moved. And Jesus is saying, no, none of that is true. I'm alive. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So, so the reason for Jesus asking the question, why are you crying? Was so that Mary would come into this new space of recognizing that he was not dead. Okay. Uh, just wanted to be clear on, just wanted to be clear on that. Um, we talked about Jesus appearing to Cleopas uh, and his friend on the road to Emmaus. Um, these two have been talking to among themselves uh, about the happenings over the last 48 hours. Jesus, or 72 hours at that point, Jesus comes 
uh, in their midst, ask questions, and, and they basically say to him, you know, where have you been? You've been under a rock. Haven't you heard about what's been going on in Jerusalem? Jesus allows them to talk through everything that, that they have seen or witnessed or heard at that point. And, um, and in their, in their conversation, they say, they say, and admit to what's really, I believe what's really hurting them and what's really hurting them is this unmet expectation. When they say we had thought that he would be the one to rescue Israel. We thought that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel out of Roman oppression. And so there is this unmet expectation that is that that is traumatic for them because remember this is not this is not just what they thought after three years of him ministering, this is what they thought based on, watch this, based on him saying and reading the book of Isaiah and saying to them this day, right? When, when, he, when, he, when he reads from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah uh, 61, and, and, he, and, he, and he talks about this day, it being fulfilled in your hearing, right? That I, I have come to to, to to save the captives, right? I've come to uh, loose uh, the cap, loose the the bonds of those that are that are bound, right? He comes, I, says, I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. I've come for these reasons, and so after he after he says, I am the fulfillment of that, then they say, okay, wait a minute, this is the Messiah who has been prophesied about by Isaiah. So this isn't some three-year, you know, journey with him that suddenly came to an end and that 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 devastated them. This was four hundred years in the making. This this was their hope that had been prophesied by the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. So when they saw him die, this wasn't the 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 Messiah that they just latched on to. Um, out of three years, this this was four hundred years in the making of unmet expectation, which was why that was so traumatic for them. Are you following me? So he appears to them. He appears to them, and um, um, we we talked about how he um, first first was. Um, uh, unknown by them and he, and and when he breaks bread I'm not sure if we talked about that or not I think maybe that was in my own study in mind maybe I didn't talk about that but where when he breaks bread uh and finally they recognize him why because it was something that he does something that was very familiar to them right it it's kind of like when you know when when I when I hear a certain knock at the door. Um, I know that it's my son because that's my son's knock. That's what he does. Right. And so um, Jesus did something that was very familiar to them. And suddenly they recognized who this was, who had been walking with them all along. Okay. Um, 
And then, let's see, let's look at, we look at the two disciples, let's see, Mark 16, I'll tell you what, let's go to Luke 24, Luke 24, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 33 through 35, there we go. says, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Here it is again, that, that there is, there is um, the, the, the recognition uh, that, 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 that it is Christ because of how he broke bread, right? He does something with them that is very recognizable. And they say it had to have been Jesus. I, I love the fact, let me just say this, drop this in. Um, you, you ought to know the Lord when he talks to you. You ought, you ought to, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and do follow me. You, you ought to know the Lord when he's speaking to you. There, there ought to be something uh, that that is so that is so personal to you that that when the Lord speaks, you know it's his voice. right? Now don't get me wrong. there's sometimes when yes, we, you know, we're trying to figure all of that out. We're trying to figure out, did God say this or is that me? But I promise you, when you, when you have developed your relationship with God through Christ, there are moments when even if you don't know the what, you do know the who. If you don't know what everything is that he said, you do know who said it. If you don't, if you don't know the what, the fullness of how what he said to do, uh, I'm supposed to do it, or how it's supposed to be done, or even if I don't know the how, I do know the who. Yeah. And 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 I love the fact that God God um knows how to get very personal with us. God knows how to reach us in ways that when we look up and look around, we know that had to be God. That had to that had to be God. Yeah, that that had to be God. I pray that I pray that you listen to me. I pray that you have that that clear understanding of his voice. And if you don't, I pray that you grow in your relationship with him, with God. I pray that you get so serious in your your communication with the Lord that that you don't have to wonder about 
Is this God talking? Um, that got real for me. The voice of God got real for me when I was a junior in college, knowing, knowing the Lord's voice, knowing the Lord's voice got real for me when I was a junior in college and watch this y'all. And I, and I wasn't in Mississippi. I was way away in, in, in Providence, Rhode Island. And that's where, that's where the voice of God in terms of my relationship with the Lord. That that's, that's when, that's when our, my language, when, when the Lord was talking my language and I could hear him, that that's, that's when that developed. And, and since that time, that hadn't, that hadn't changed a whole lot. Since that time of being a junior in college, I know that when this happens, and I ain't gonna tell you what my thing is and what and 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 how he gets my attention and and how he sits me down and begins to pour into me, because that's me. And you need to have your own relationship with the Lord so that he can do the same thing with you. But but to this day, I know that when these things begin to happen, that the Lord is speaking to me. Yeah, yeah. And I pray that you get in that space where you know when God is speaking to you. Amen, somebody. Okay. Um, let's see. He appeared to the 11 uh, apostles. I think we talked about that. Uh, Thomas was absent at this time uh, when he speaks or, or when he uh, appears. Uh, the 11 uh, disciples are, are, are hiding uh, in, in, in a room. They are fearful for their lives. They are hiding um, and Jesus appears behind the locked doors. I need you to hear that. The doors were locked, but Jesus was not locked out. The doors were locked, but Jesus was not locked out. Because, because he comes, I believe, now watch this, stay with me for a minute. I believe God comes where God is needed. Sometimes without invitation. Stay with me. See, because, because um, the Bible teaches, the Bible says um, that if we seek, we will find. If we knock, the door will be open unto us. Bible also teaches 
uh, when he says, Lo, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door to his heart, the Bible is talking about, if any man will open the door, I will come in and sup with me, sup with him. Um, and so there is, there is the, 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 the God who, who knocks at the door of our heart and waits for us to open it, to invite him in. There is also the God who shows up when doors have been locked. There's the God who inserts himself when and where he is needed without your invitation. I, I love the fact that God can show up behind locked doors. I love the fact. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about God somehow um, changing free will and God somehow um, making you um, um, accept him. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about the Lord showing up in spaces where we thought he couldn't come. You say it like this. You say it like this. Um, Mm. The Lord showing up. Mm. Y'all wait a minute. Let me let me let me get my thoughts together. The Lord showing up in spaces, in meetings, in situations, in relationships, right? Where where we have have either so organized it that we thought, watch this that we were going to keep the Holy Spirit out of it. <laughs> we watch this, that we were going, we were going to have, we were just going to have a, a, a meeting of the minds and we were going to be based in data, in logic, in reason. And we weren't going to have, this wasn't going to be a spiritual meeting. This was going to be a, a, a logical meeting. And you tried as best you could. <laughs> To, to just keep it about the facts. And lo and behold, the Father showed up. The Holy Ghost showed up. You, 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 you were just gonna you were just gonna make a decision based on what the data said. And lo and behold, the Spirit showed up and gave you insight and revelation. Right? And all I'm saying to you is um, I'm glad that for people of faith that that the spirit uh will make intercession the spirit will intercede the spirit will show up uh, sometimes in even uninvited spaces uh that god makes his presence known i'm glad that god that god can show up in the midst of hateful people I'm God. I'm glad that God can show up in the midst of sinful people. I'm glad that God can show up in the midst of people who don't have God on their minds. Right? That that God can show up in the midst of people who intend to do harm to others. Y'all not talking to me. That God can show up and 
and and and and people who would act one way don't even understand why they decided not to do what they were going to do and they can't even figure out why but the lord showed up i'm i'm not making this up y'all 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 know i'm right that the lord has shown up in some places and right in the nick of time um all right so let me let me let me um let me get to 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 this last uh, you know let, let me get to this last one and this is this is the one i wanted to talk about because i we talked about thomas actually this past week and that that was one of the reasons i didn't want to talk too much about thomas last week because i knew i would be preaching about uh thomas on sunday um so let, let, let's talk, though, about Peter for just a moment. Uh, it says about two weeks later, Jesus appeared to the disciples while fishing and he eats with them. This is in John, John chapter number 21, John chapter number 21. Uh, OK. And. Let's look at, well, you know what? Let's just start at verse 1. John 21, verse 1, reads as follows. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana, in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. That night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. The disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. The other disciples came in a little ship. They were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and die. None of the disciples durth ask, who art thou knowing that it was the Lord? 
stop there for just a minute. There's a lot. There's so much preaching in those verses. So I won't preach, but um, but I will unpack. Verse three. Some people interpret verse three where it says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. Some people interpret that to mean that Peter was returning to the fishing profession. Peter was so traumatized, so distraught by the crucifixion and so traumatized by his denial of Christ that he was, in fact, letting go of the whole discipleship ministry and returning to the profession that he was doing before he had been called to follow Christ. That's one interpretation. Other interpretation is that Peter was just saying, no, nah, he's going fishing. Either way, what's important to recognize here is Peter's influence. Because whatever his intention was, the others heard him and decided to do the same thing. Which is why I believe it was so important you remember when we talked a few weeks ago, we talked about, um, or maybe it was last week, where the angel says to Mary, yeah, it was last week, when the angel says to Mary, go tell the disciples and Peter, right? This idea of singling out Peter, because Peter is a disciple of great influence. And Peter would be, huge, a, a huge, um, not only an influencer, but one who advances uh, the mission um, of Christ, the great commission of Christ. Peter plants churches. Peter, Peter advances the gospel um, in major, Peter writes, um, um, books uh, in, in the New Testament. So, so Peter, Jesus, remember, says, upon this rock, I will build my church. It is the confession of Peter uh, that the church is built upon, that Jesus is Christ. And so there is no, this knowledge that Peter holds great influence. I started, I started this Bible study tonight talking about who are you encouraging? Being an influencer. Who are you encouraging? It's not always about you, but recognizing that you have influence. Who are you influencing? Sometimes, sometimes it's not the person who's out front. It's the one who's behind the scenes, who's just influencing action, influencing decisions influencing determinations, choices that are being made. So Peter influences the others to follow him, which is why I believe it is critically important that Peter knows that Jesus 
And God is not through with him. It is critically important that Peter does not give up on himself because of the mistake that he has made. So Peter goes fishing. The others follow. We're going with you. They went forth, and that night they caught nothing. Next morning, Jesus comes, walking on the shore. They don't recognize him. Basically, they ask, Jesus asks, how's the fishing going? Y'all caught anything? And, you know, me being a fisherman, I know that question. And usually when the fish are not biting, we answer, no, nah, they slow today. <laughs> they slow today. You know, we, 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 we have all kinds of ways to say that the fish are not biting. They, they, we, we say stuff like that, that their lips are tight or they got locked jaw. Uh, we got all kinds of ways to say that the fish are not biting. Um, but they say, yeah, no, nah, we, we, we ain't caught anything. Jesus tells them to cast the net over on the right side. Again, Jesus does something that is familiar. They don't recognize him yet, but this is something that they will come to understand. Oh, <laughs> this is Jesus talking because they have experience where they have not caught anything all night long. They have experience where they have been fishing in the wrong places. They have experience where, where they have been doing all that they know to do, and Jesus comes along, gives them instructions, and suddenly, because they follow the instructions of Christ, everything that they've been trying to do, suddenly they have success when they do it the Lord's way. And the same thing happens here. They've caught nothing all night, all night long. Jesus tells them to cast over the right side. They do so. And suddenly they have success. The first time they did it, they caught so many fish that the net broke. This time the text says that they catch so many fish, but the net does not break. And John recognizes it again because this is the language of the Lord. He's done this before. And I need to tell somebody, God has a track record of speaking to us in familiar ways. You don't need to try and figure out, is this the Lord doing it a different way? No, look, look, he has a track record. The way that he spoke to you before, he'll come to you like that again. You need to know the voice. You need to recognize the voice. Yeah. So John says, hey, that's him. That's the Lord. Peter, hearing John's declaration that it's the Lord, gets excited, uh, goes um, for a swim, <laughs> right? He says, cast himself into the sea. He goes swimming after him. Um, and then they catch up to him, finally, the... It says that they, uh, those who were in the boat uh, dragging the net with the fishes, uh, they come upon him. Uh, verse 9, as soon as they were come to land, 
they saw a fire of coals there, fish laid thereon and bread. That 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 stood out to me because watch this, y'all. Here they were trying to do and be successful at something that Jesus, when they get there, he already has fish. They're trying to catch fish. They come to Jesus, this resurrected body, and he's already got what they've been toiling after all night long. I need to tell somebody that if stuff that you've been trying to get your way, toiling at, if you do it the Lord's way, if you follow Jesus, if you follow the word, if you do it God's way, you don't have to be toiling, trying to come up with your own plans, do your own thing. Do it God's way. Follow God's instructions. Follow the word of the Lord. Quit trying to come up with your own get-rich-quick scheme and tithe. Y'all not going to like me tonight. Try me now herewith and see if I will not open you the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it. Quit, tr quit trying to get, get, get paper your own way and do it God's way. Here they are toiling all night long, having caught nothing, follow the instructions of Jesus. They have a great net of fish, but by the time they get to shore, they see Jesus already got fish. In fact, cleaned and cooking. Fish have already been cleaned and are being cooked, and they just now getting to shore with fish. Y'all not talking to me. Anybody hear what I'm saying? All right. Um, finally, let me, let me, let me, let me wrap this up. Here is where, here is where Peter's redemption come in. Peter's redemption comes in at verse, beginning with verse 14, I'm sorry, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he saith unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Hmm. Let me keep reading for a few more verses. Look at this. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee with, 
whither thou wouldst not go. This spake he signifying by what death he should be glorified. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which he had leaned on the breast of supper, he said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Here it is, and I'm through. Peter denies him three times. Jesus affirms him three times. Somebody asked the question one time when the Lord was preaching about forgiveness. How many times shall I forgive him? Oh, that was Peter, wasn't it? And the Lord asks, or, or he asks, Lord, seven times, and Peter said, and Jesus says to Peter, 70 times seven. And, and right here, Jesus demonstrates some of that very principle. That you know what? You 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 denied me these many times. I'm going to practice redemption and and show what grace and redemption look like and what affirmation and reaffirmation looks like. Your faith has been messed up because of your failure, he says, but I'm going to give you an opportunity for that to be redeemed. And for every time you watch this, for every time you denied me, Peter, I'm going to give you the opportunity to declare your love for me. Why? Why? Watch this. I'll tell you why, Peter, because perhaps you need to hear it yourself. Perhaps you need to hear yourself that you really do love me in spite of what you did, in spite of how you treated me, in spite of your failure. Peter, you need to know yourself that you really do love me. Because as Peter said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Yeah. Jesus did know, which means Jesus was not doing this for himself. Jesus didn't need to know that Peter loved him. But maybe Peter did. Maybe Peter needed to be reaffirmed in himself that even though I fail the Lord, that that does not mean that I don't love the Lord. Help me preach this, somebody. Just because I messed up does not mean that I don't believe and I'm not a believer. Just because I did the thing that I said I would never do does not mean that I'm no good for the kingdom. Come on and talk to me if you can. So Jesus gives opportunity for Peter's faith to be redeemed and reaffirmed. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know. Yeah, but do you? Do you know that you love me? Do you understand that even though you fail me, that you still love me? Do you know that? Do you know that even though you did the very thing you said you wouldn't do, that that doesn't mean that you don't, that you stopped loving me. You still love me. 
I know you do, but do you know it? I love that Jesus loves us enough that in our mistakes, he affirms for us that which we may be shaky on ourselves. Watch this, because don't tell me. Some of us, some of us hear the voice of the enemy because the enemy will tell you, you can't be a Christian if you did that. Do you love the Lord acting like that? Are you really saved doing the things that you just did? And when the enemy poses the question, we'll start having that internal dialogue with ourselves. And what Jesus does along is he comes along and he squashes all of that and allows us to confess our love so that we'll hear it ourselves. Yes, I love the Lord. I messed up, but I still love the Lord. I sinned, but I'm still saved. Talk to me, somebody. By faith, I'm still saved. By Through grace, I'm still saved. Thank God that in the trauma of life, that the Lord does not rush off, that he does not leave us, that he stays with us. He does not forsake us, but he is right by our sides. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all. Love you. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Amen. I pray that this has been a good study for you. The Lord meets with the traumatized. He treats the hearts of the broken and he affirms the faith of those who have failed. And you missed your shout because <laughs> that was it right there. Listen, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, for this night, for this time together. Thank you, Lord, that you know how to treat broken hearts that you know how to minister to those who dwell sometimes in misery and that Lord, you give grace to those who grieve. Now God, bless and keep us by the presence and power of your spirit. Hold us in your hand as we deal with our own traumatic moments of life incidents that have shaped us, accidents that have hurt us, tragedies that have broken us. Lord, we pray that in those moments, we will be ever so affirmed of your presence and your power in our lives. Thank you, God, that you speak to us in so certain of ways that your sheep hear your voice and know it. God, I pray right now for someone whose heart is so broken, so heavy so traumatized by life and past or very recent happenings. 
Lord, I pray that by your grace, you would minister to their hearts. I pray, oh God, that your fresh anointing of your spirit would be a healing balm for their souls. God, wipe the tears from our eyes. Lift our heads. Ease our burdens. Comfort us from our fears and keep us by faith. It is in your holy and righteous Son's name, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ, in his name that we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. We love you all. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, um, let's see. Y'all stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, we are working on some things and we'll be talking real soon about something. Oh, listen, let me let me let me remind you. April 24th, April 24th, uh, we are having vaccination here at the church. If you are in need of a vaccination, uh, we will be doing that here at the church. Uh, we know that there's been a pause in the in the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And so we will have the Pfizer the Pfizer vaccination will be here on April 24th. That's a Saturday from uh, 9 until, I believe, 2 p.m. Yes, thank you, from 9 until 2 p.m. And so if you are in need of that vaccination, uh, it will be available. It is the Pfizer vaccine, not the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Uh, we know that it's on pause for just a minute. Uh, and so that will, will uh, until we get some instructions on that, uh, we have switched to the Pfizer vaccine. So if you're in need, if you know someone in need, uh, go ahead and get, get signed up. You know how we can do that on the K-Chapel app. Go to the Nucleus page uh, and, and get, get persons uh, signed up. All right? And, and, and stay tuned because we got some big news coming up. Amen. Talk to you soon. God bless.